I'm Morgan. And I'm Trisha. And we are first time new moms. Join us on this crazy, beautiful ride of momhood where we mom cast each week, breaking the stereotypes of momhood and supporting each other on the good, bad, and often comical parts of being a mom. This is Mom Jeans and Minivans for the perfectly imperfect mom. Hello. Hello, Trisha. Welcome, welcome back. We are back on the mic. We are. <laughs> it was it was kind of a rough spring for us. You yes. had a lot family-wise going on. I had Augie, so we weren't as regular as we liked. We definitely, definitely needed summer without yes. a doubt. Yes. But we are back at it. Yes, we are. We are <laughs> and back. And I miss talking with you. I mean, we talk, but not as regularly as we were when we were recording. No, so I'm I glad agree. To be back. I'm glad we did a couple more FaceTime calls, but definitely not enough. But yeah, it's no. Nice. And according this to Charlie, nice. not enough because she's like Auntie Trisha, Aww, Remy. I know. I know. I feel so distant. So, so we're back nice to get back on track and do our monthly visits. Yes, and kind of the talk of spring and being so crazy for you with with family mm -hmm. and then leading to summer goes into our topic tonight. Yes. So should we dive in? I think we should. So this topic, uh, we decided to talk about how we discuss death with our toddlers. Yep. And it really came about because my brother-in-law passed away from brain cancer. He fought it for nine years. And I mean, he far surpassed his life expectancy, but it, it doesn't he, make it any easier. No, <laughs> definitely doesn't make it any easier. He declined pretty fast. And, you know, I had to talk to Remy um, and also trying to be there for my, my niece and my nephews. And this is my twin sister's husband. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, she has the three kiddos, they're what, seven, five, and one? Yes, exactly. Yeah, seven, five, okay. and one. So they're young, but they, yeah. I mean, with the exception of the one-year-old, I mean, they could see what was going on and they've lived with it their whole lives. So... So, yeah, I'm trying to think where we can start. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm curious how you talk to Remy about it. And also with Mason and Peyton, like seeing Johnny declines one thing, but truly comprehending he's not coming back as another. And if you've had discussions with them or how Jessica dealt with the topic with them, I know mm -hmm. today that we went for a family walk tonight mm -hmm. and one of the schools by us is a Catholic school and it has this prayer garden and it's just a pretty garden. So we walked in there and they had flowers laying around on the different stones that were carved in memory of da, 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 da. And I found myself trying to explain to Charlie, like, you know, as in pop pop, but she was mm, one and a half. So, in fairness, she sees pictures and we talk about them, but she doesn't understand. And I was like, gosh, how do you explain this to a toddler? So I'm really curious how you navigated this with Remy. So I definitely had to kind of think about it um, in preparation because it's, 
I don't know, you have to be so careful about how you're going to word it and mm-hmm. and how you're going to explain it in a way that they can understand. Understand, but you don't want them to freak out that mommy and daddy are suddenly going to die. Right. And I don't know that she would even put two and two together. Okay. okay. So I tried to make it a really uplifting thing. And, you know, she, she knew, she saw John, from the point that Johnny was in hospice care, um, he was in the home the whole time, but he was uh, eventually in a hospital bed in the family room. So Remy, when I would talk to her, I'd say, you know, Johnny's sick and he doesn't feel well. Um, and so she knew, you know, she'd say, Uncle Johnny's sick? And I say, yeah, that's, you know, that's why Uncle Johnny's in bed. So we just, we, we make him laugh and we give him mm-hmm. hugs and we give him kisses and we let him know how much we love him. And we try and make him feel really good, as good as we can. And so that was kind of as, as he was declining. And then. Did you ever hear the kids talking to each other about it? No, the kids were very quiet. Um, okay. They never talked to Remy. You never caught a conversation. No, not with Remy. Not with Remy. Okay. Um, but I did have a conversation with Mason. Uh, Johnny had had a seizure and fell upstairs at, as he started to get bad before he, he really hit the, the like, decline. fast decline. Mm-hmm. He had had a seizure and fell upstairs in the bathroom. And he didn't have he, – he already was losing a lot of feeling in the right side of his body. So he, he struggled to even walk. But after a seizure, it it really it wipes a person out, and he couldn't walk. And my sister and my dad couldn't get him down the stairs, so they had to call the ambulance and have the ambulance come and get him and bring him to the hospital. And Mason was home; he's the seven year old. So I did. I had gone there that day, and just I went to the hospital to give my sister, like help my sister any way I could. And I came and I cooked and I cleaned. And I just like did whatever I could to help. And I made. I sat down with Mason and I. I said, hey, Mason, so daddy's in the hospital. And he said, yeah, Yeah, daddy fell. And I said, was that scary for you? And he's like, I just felt really bad for daddy. And I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, daddy's going to be okay. Daddy's coming home today. And, you know, this is before we really knew anything. And I said, but you know daddy's Mm -hmm. sick, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. I said, well, listen, if if you ever want to talk to Auntie Trisha, you can. And I just tried to make myself available, but I didn't force him to talk. Yeah. Now, something that was really interesting is I had suggested to my sister as he really started to get bad, you know, have you talked to the kids? She's like, no. And she's like, I don't want to screw them up already. Like more than they're already going to be screwed up. I want to talk to somebody first. And I said, you don't know what time kind of time you have though. Like, I don't know. I'm not a professional, but my, my, my instinct is to, to talk to them, start to explain it. Cause it, they don't just know this kind of stuff. Like even as adults, it's new to us, you know, what, what's happening. And, mm-hmm. and she eventually talked to the nurses and the therapists and the different people who were coming in to help. And they said, the kids will come to you when they have questions. And when they do just be prepared to talk, you know, really openly with them and talk and, and Jessica had already had a couple small conversations with them that they had brought up. And so it it actually happened really 
uh, really naturally. well, like on their naturally, yeah, and on their and on their terms, their timeline exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit different. Like I kept thinking that she needed to like really sit them down and like explain everything that was happening, but it's almost too much. They have to come to you. And otherwise it'd be too much to process. Yeah. So I, that was a really, that was something that was really interesting along the way. But when Johnny did pass away, uh, it happened like very, very late night in the morning or like early morning. Actually, Johnny had some really labored breathing and it was their Friday night, which is like their family night. And they were all laying together in bed, watching a movie and they all fell asleep. And when my sister woke up, she didn't hear his labored breathing. And that's when she knew. And she said it was, you know, extremely peaceful. She woke the kids up and told them, you know, that daddy, they're religious. So she told them that daddy was in heaven and they kissed him and they went to bed. And then she, you know, my, and they were able to go to sleep. I feel like, yes. As, I mean, maybe that's me, but I would find that confusing. I'm looking at daddy. What do you mean? He's in heaven. Yeah, and she explained, you know, that his body is still here, but his, mm-hmm. you know, his his soul has, has gone up to heaven. And she had explained to them, you know, pri- previously, because they said, well, what happens? And she said, your heart stops beating. You know, your body kind of stops working and functioning. And the last, last thing that happens that, you know, you go from living to dead is that your, your heart stops beating. Mm-hmm. So they had already asked what what's going to happen. So they they were prepared in a sense. And I think seeing him in that bed for so long and seeing him getting worse, um, it was almost a relief to know that he was somewhere happier and better. And they went straight to sleep. She actually said that Charlie woke up. That's the one-year-old. As she was putting them to bed and she woke him, she picked him up and she said, you know, daddy's not here anymore. Let's go say night, night to daddy. And normally he'd be like cranky and no, no. And he leaned over and he gave him a kiss on the forehead and she put him back to sleep and he went straight to sleep. She was like, it was so crazy. I was just going to say there's something about a child's intuition. And then you said that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I was thinking they all went to sleep. They, they must've sensed or known something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and then, so that morning, I obviously my sister called me and then I talked to her, you know, for a while at, in the early hours of the, of the day. And then I couldn't really sleep obviously. So I kind of like laid there and I was thinking about how I was going to tell Remy or we were going to tell mm-hmm. Remy. And I was like, you know, I'm, I come from a religious family, but I'm not religious anymore. And I was like, I, Jason and I talked about it. I was like, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to say or what we should say. And he said, well, maybe instead of, you know, going to going up to heaven he's just he's in the stars and I was like I love that I love it so Remy came in in the morning and I said hey Remy you know how Uncle Johnny's been sick and in bed and she said she's like yeah Uncle Johnny doesn't feel well he sleeps a lot I said yeah I said well Uncle Johnny's not here anymore and she's like where's Uncle Johnny and I said, well, Uncle Johnny went up to the stars. And I said, so anytime you miss Uncle Johnny or you see a shooting star or the stars twinkling or you just see the stars up in the sky, know that that's Uncle Johnny looking down on you. And she said, 
okay, mama. And then she was like, mama's milk, like totally, you know, mm. okay. And then that was it. <laughs> Such but, a toddler. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you say to her what Jessica said to her kids anytime you have questions or is that just too grown up for a toddler? I feel think? like it's too, it was too grown up for her. So or if she just starts talking about him, then you will just deal with it as it comes. Yes. And she did, she has said a couple times since then. You know, mm-hmm. I miss Uncle Johnny. And I said, I know, baby, it's hard. And we have his picture on our fridge and it's low. So it's like at eye level for her. And every once yeah. in a while, she comes into the kitchen and she goes, Uncle Johnny. And she kisses his picture. And I said, oh, Uncle Johnny would be so happy. He loves when you mm-hmm. gave him hugs and kisses. And they just try <laughs> and like, I try, I, I talk about him often. I feel like anybody who I've known who has had a death in the family, they say, don't not talk about them because you think it's going to yeah. make them upset. Like, talk about them. And so I make sure to always bring him up. Almost like make it a safe space that it can be talked about yes. when they feel like they, they're ready. Definitely. And, you know, I said to Remy, I said, uh, Remy, you know, if there's anybody that you need to be extra, extra, extra nice to, it's Mason and Payne when you're playing with them. And because sometimes her and Payne have like a little... You know, they can get a little love-hate relationship. Yes, for sure. <laughs> you know, um, Remy's, you know, only girl here. Payne's only girl there. So they have, you know, sometimes they... That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they have like a, no, you can't play with this. No, you can't play with this. So I just, I try and remind Remy, even now, we're going to be extra nice to Mason and Payne. <laughs> um and um, I, you know, I, I had said to Remy, so something that really helped, I think, with Remy, but not as much Remy as it did with Mason and Peyton, is uh, some books that I did like a lot of research on books and stuff. Yeah. And there's two books in particular that I really, really love. One of them is called The Invisible Thread. Um, okay. And I will put all these links too. And yeah our description, but one of them is the invisible thread. And it kind of just talks about how we're all connected by an invisible thread. And it starts off with kids who wake up from a thunderstorm and they're scared and they go down, you know, to their mom. And the mom says, well, we're always connected by an invisible thread. And they were like, but how? And she said, you know, because of love. And uh, it just goes through this like whole thing. Like, Oh, even if I'm an astronaut and even I'm this, yes, even there, yes, even there, yes, even there. And mm, then that sounds cool. It, I like that. Yeah. And then it talks about how, we're all essentially connected and we're all never alone because we're all connected by these invisible threads. So it's really sweet. And it's just like, um, it's kind of like a nice way of thinking of it all. Cause they even said it, even in the book, it says, you know, even, you know, uncle, whoever up in heaven. And so when I read it to me, I say, even uncle Johnny up in the stars, like I change the words to make sense for her. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a really sweet way of feeling like you're really connected with people, even if they're not physically there. Yeah. No, that's what's the other one. And the other one is called Ida always. And it's, it's actually based on a true story, but it's about uh, these two polar bears that are in the, I think, I believe it's the Bronx zoo in the city. And um, they, you know, they, live together and they're always playing they just do everything together and then one day um ida gets sick and she is sleeping a lot she's not coming out of her cave and um and then it's the zookeeper that talks to 
the other polar bear to explain what's happening to Ida. Okay. And she's getting very sick. And, you know, soon she's, you know, she's not going to be able to play as much. And, she's, and, they, and she goes through the little process of what it means as she gets sick and slowly, you know, starts to die. And then one day she's, and then the zookeeper says, and one day she'll die. And, um, and then, you know, she dies and it talks about how they laid together for a while. And, you know, and Ida would say, I'm always here, even when I'm not here. And, just how he would go to their favorite spots and think of her and it felt like she was still there. And so just like, it was a really cute way of oh. kind of making the connection with animals. That's, yeah. I was going to say, and animal books are so great. That's awesome. You thought of books because I was trying to think, how would I talk to Charlie about this? Like I said, we haven't really encountered it mm -hmm. with her and we were at the library last weekend and I was just looking for books for her. And right below the toddler books was this whole section that was super heavy. It was about like Mr. Worry, a story about OCD. Mm -hmm. It was um, all these heavy, my two homes. But they had two on death. And it was where do people go when they die and the goodbye book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. And I can't speak to any of those books. But I was like, wow, these are such heavy topics. But then I'm like, what do we do with kids every day, every night? Usually we read them books. Mm -hmm. That's how we introduce the world to them. So, yeah, why wouldn't you right. use a book to try to introduce that topic if it's something your family's going through? So that's yeah. awesome that you found those two books. Yeah, I feel like it's a way for them. I mean, books allow you to like escape to what you're reading. And so if you can find the correlation between a book story and your real life, that's mm -hmm. how it can be so impactful. And so, yeah, struggling to know what to say and, and how to say it to Mason and Payne with the exception of just like, I love you. Daddy loves you. I'm always going to be here. Everything's going to be okay. Like I wanted something more. There's a couple other books too, and I'll put them in the links uh, that were excellent. I mean, I couldn't choose. That's why I got so many. And um, one of them is like um, a memory book and another one is like a memory box. It's all based on the same author. And it's just like... Are they things that you can act like create your own? Yes. Like the memory box is one. Okay. And yeah. then the memory book is actually a journal and you can kind of go through and write in it. And I was planning on having us all together as a family, including, you know, like my parents and my sister and like all of us, and we could all share our own stories and write it down. And like the kids would have it forever. Um, That's so sweet. Yeah. So there was that. And then like also for Mason and Peyton. So the first time I talked about death with Mason and Peyton, it wasn't, it was actually, they had a sleepover with us and we were in the park and Payne is like a big collector of rocks. She picks up rocks everywhere she goes. And we walked by a little memorial for a little girl that had died. And it was all these like little trinkets and stones and different mm -hmm. things around a tree. And it said like in memory of, and there was a, a heart crystal, a pink heart crystal, like a quartz. And, um, Payton really wanted it. And I, and I, I had to explain to her that, you know, this isn't for you to take that. This is for this little girl that, you know, had passed away. And I had the conversation with her and Mason heard it. And so when Johnny passed away, I got them all stones, heart stones. And I explained, you know, I got paint in the same pink heart stone. And mm -hmm. I said, I told them what all the meanings were. So she got a pink one that was about 
um, love. It stands for love. And then Mason got a, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like a tiger. I forget the name. It's a, it's a, some kind of tiger stone and it's, it, and it's for being courageous. And, um, I got a little, I got like a green emeraldy type one for Charlie. And I honestly, I can't even remember what it means, but I wrote it all down for them. And they have like little special velvet bags that they go in and I got Mason and Peyton. You're such a good auntie. Oh, I mean, it's just like, it's no, like, what else can you do, mean, but just be there as much as possible, yeah. make them feel special and loved. And well, sometimes when people don't know what to do, they can do nothing. Mm-hmm. So give yourself some credit. <laughs> I mean, Thanks. it might be therapeutic for you too. Yeah. You're trying to figure out how to, how to deal with it. Yeah. Oh, well, I got them too. Um, we got them these two journals and Mason has one that's like, do not enter. And it has like all this different stuff on the front and they, they're like <laughs> the key lock journals. Cause I thought that they would think oh, they both thought God, that those that were was the like, best. Oh my gosh. They thought that was the coolest. Until they realize they can break into them so easy. I know. I know. They, hopefully <laughs> they'll figure that out too soon. And then, um, Peyton's was a, um, it was a unicorn. She absolutely loves unicorns. And I was like, these are for you. You guys can put anything you want in this book and it's yours and yours alone. You can put your deepest, darkest thoughts. You can put anything you want. I don't think I said darkest. You can put, you know, anything you can possibly imagine. You can write messages to daddy. You can write down how you're feeling because your feelings are going to change every single day. Sometimes you're going to be happy. Sometimes you're going to be sad. Sometimes you're going to be confused. Sometimes you're going to be mad you know, and that, and all those feelings are normal and okay. And sometimes it helps to draw pictures or write it down or just have them for yourself. And I don't know that they've actually done anything with them yet, but they, I know they do keep them in special drawers and they have pointed it out to me. And I really like that one because it allows them to express their feelings however they need, whether it's crayons, drawing, actually writing, Mm -hmm. but them keeping Johnny's memories alive and and like down the road that's going to help charlie because he will have no recollection of his dad and to be able to talk to his sister and brother yeah about his dad and i just feel like maybe kids might have an easier time going to kids Mm -hmm. i mean obviously he can go to his mom to you but speaking to another kid they just they get each other so being able to talk to his siblings will be so great yeah and they can share things with him one day kind of the way you guys are going to create those memory books for them mm-hmm. exactly so yeah it was just it was an interesting you know i never never thought i'd have to talk death with remy so young and and it just kind of was like upon me and i was like oh my gosh like we have to we have to figure this out you know how much is she gonna get how how are we wording it what are we saying and um it all kind of happened really like organically, which was nice. And I said to Remy the other day, something came up about Uncle Johnny. She goes, oh, Uncle Johnny? And I said, yeah. I said, where's Uncle Johnny? And she said, at Auntie Jess's? And I was like, no, I mean, that's where Uncle Johnny was. But where's Uncle Johnny now? In the stars? I said, yeah, he's up in the stars. So, And what I do with Mason and Peyton every single time they come over is I have those paper lanterns. And... Mm-hmm. um the two times they've, they've slept over since then, they, uh, write messages to Johnny and then we go outside and we light it and we send it up into the sky. And then, you know, it eventually like burns out, but it's, 
you can tell like, they're just like, they're so excited to send these messages up to him. And it's like, I love you, daddy. And I miss you. And like, but it's, but they're happy about it. They're not like sad. They're like yeah. so excited to like be able to It's have- a way for them to still connect. And it sounds like you guys are creating such a, I don't want to say welcoming, but just like a open environment for them to express their feelings and connect with Johnny however they need to, whether it's the journals, the necklaces, the lantern, like they can find what works best for them. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I just like, I really make um, a conscious effort to bring him up anytime we're together at least once to each of them in a, in like a, Mm -hmm. in a very specific way, you know, like Charlie is so funny. He loves like shoving his face into people's feet. And he was like shoving his face into the bottom of Mason's foot while he was sitting on the couch and Mason's laughing. And I said, Mason, you know, who, who used to love doing that. Right. And he goes, He's like, who? I go, think about it. Who do you think? Who who used to love feet? And he was like, daddy. I said, yeah. I go, that's what Char- mm. Charlie has that. Charlie has that same thing. He loves feet. And so, like, I try, you know, and say different things yeah. like that. And, but it's such a just you can laugh about it way. Yeah. Or even, like, and just have do a something. Like, oh, positive my gosh, memory. daddy would be so proud, you know? Or, yeah. Oh my gosh, I could see daddy like cheering you on on the sideline because like he had his last soccer game and stuff. And oh my gosh, daddy would have cheered so loud for you while you were in the goal. Like just, you know, little things yeah. like that. Because it's or, almost been two months now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That is, yeah. I was wondering where the emotions were. I mean, I mean, you can't even say, but like how fresh it is for them or is it coming in waves and I can't even imagine the holidays and ugh. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they're still pretty resilient. Like this is going to leave yeah. a mark and, and, but they're pretty resilient. Like they're they, more resilient than we realize. Exactly. And my sister is going to get them into therapy just because she wants to, she wants to get them you know, talking and getting stuff out before all of a sudden, like it hits them and it's, it, it, it you know, it's too late. So mm-hmm. she wants to get them in and just start it. She's looking into art therapy, which she's heard really wonderful things about. And both of them are very artistic. Like Peyton loves doing crafts and uh, Mason likes to draw and do Legos and stuff. So like all di- there's all different kinds of like art therapies out there that are kind of that will just help where they can just sit there and draw and they don't even realize that they're talking about things because they're immersed in their artistic. So wait, they draw while, while they're talking? Yeah, about... there's, yeah, there's oh, all okay. different ways. Yeah. Sometimes people will bring in like, um, like a bunny or different animals mm-hmm. and it makes them, it puts them in a, in a, a, a state where they're super comfortable and it makes it easier for them to just start to talk. And then of course these therapists have, different ways of bringing up different things or getting them to talk about things. So Jessica's really excited about that. Um, it's Jessica who obviously is just having a rough time. She has, you know, a, yeah, I, a mix of emotions. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine she's a single mom, a mom of three. She's mm-hmm. trying to be there for them and make sure that they are able to deal with this huge lifestyle life-changing event Mm -hmm. and I mean I feel like in general day-to-day just 
any parent, you neglect yourself. So I can only imagine in a time where she really needs to focus on herself, she's probably still neglecting herself. Yeah, she hasn't actually taken any time off for like her, like just to to be with her own thoughts and she didn't take time off from work uh not really no i mean she had her time off um for about a month and a half taking care of johnny jessica took care of johnny she i mean she had he was in the home she took care of him nobody changed him but her she wanted to help keep his dignity as much as possible and she knows that he wouldn't want anybody else like seeing him in that state that's something they've always talked about and so she did everything. She took care of him. I mean, she bathed him. She cleaned him. She changed him. She fed him. She gave him his medicine. She gave him, I mean, she did everything. So yeah, she, it's, it's for her. It's, she's like, it's, my life has revolved around his illness. And she's like, it's like, I have to find out who I am again. Yeah. And yeah, the end gosh. of this month would be their, uh, their 10 year anniversary. So. Okay. Um, she's actually going to go away to a place that was like just really special to them to spread his ashes. And she asked me to come. And so it's going to be her and I, and it's going to be amazing. We've talked about it a couple of times and it's going to be, I think it's going to be so good for her. And I'm what she needs. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll help her be there more for her kiddos. Yeah. Exactly. The more she can process. Mm-hmm. Well, lots of good stuff. I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like it feels like such a short conversation for everything that has happened, but it's in a nutshell. Kind yeah. Of. And again, everyone processes things differently, mm-hmm. has their own beliefs. Like you said, Jessica is telling her kids that he's in heaven. You're telling Remy he's in the stars. Mm-hmm. So there's no right way clearly to deal with it, but just right. if you're caught in trying to tell a child about death because usually it happens suddenly Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't know where to begin so no this is awesome thank you for sharing oh yeah I mean it was just something that was so I mean it was just so prevalent in my life and I was like there's got to be other people that have had to deal with death I mean it happens all the time yeah um yeah I think for myself what it's this is the first time that there's really been somebody so close to me and somebody who's young and has a family and that's that's that was something that I just I don't think I was anticipating you know dealing mm-hmm. with and thinking about and yeah it's crazy yeah and then having to explain it to your own child who is almost three yeah and then it makes you think you about it yourself. put that in tangible way yeah 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 and yourself and then you're yeah. like wait what how do how am I coping with this like how what makes what puts me at ease? What's, what are my beliefs, you know, even with all mm-hmm. of that. So yeah. actually something that they talk about Jessica and the kids is, um, they've been seeing a lot of white butterflies. So whenever yes. they see a white butterfly, they're mm-hmm. like, it's daddy. And you know, it was funny. Payne was trying to catch a white butterfly and she got really upset. She couldn't catch the butterfly. And she was like, <laughs> stupid daddy. And, um, you know, we, we had said to her, you know, but that's daddy. Daddy always played with you. He was always playing with you. So you can't get mad, you know? I mean, you can, but, you know, that's just daddy's way of playing with you and, and trying to make yeah. you tougher, you know? He wants you to toughen totally. up. Totally. Because she can be. Yeah, I was going to say, there is something about butterflies. I had a friend whose father passed, and 
whenever she saw a butterfly, she said it was her dad. And I have felt the same way about a sister-in-law that passed. Mm-hmm. And like when I see a butterfly, when they just kind of like, not everyone, but some that just like really linger and mm-hmm. just seem out of character. But there is something it feels like about butterflies. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been seeing a ton of white butterflies and it's sweet. So they're like, hi, daddy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. Okay. I think I kind of covered, you know. Yeah, I feel like you did. (laughs) (laughs) I found it helpful. (laughs) I I was just super curious how you spoke to Remy and your niece and nephews. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm telling you, the books were really great kind of way of opening up dialogue and getting them and I love to the, think about it. The art therapy or just like the creative outlet idea too. Yeah. Allows them to express themselves. So no, I feel like you, you get lots of good little info and you're going through it. It's so fresh for you. So yeah, it is, but we're doing it. You know, like I tell Jessica yeah. every day, I say it's one step in front of the other. It's one day at a time and you're doing it and you're getting there and you're going to be okay. You know? So Oh, man. It does put things in perspective. Like, Johnny was always the guy that played with the kids. Like, we're at parties, family mm-hmm. gatherings. He's not with the adults. Like, all the adults are trying to be together, you know? I mean, I'm guilty of it. I It's like, okay, kids play. Let's have yeah. some adult time. He was 100%. always the I remember one. Jessica saying that at Remy's first birthday party. Yeah. Saying that she was really good. She's good at planning the events them going places but Johnny was so good just getting down on the floor and make believe and playing with the kids on their level yeah and so that has brought out like a whole new perspective for me that I have made like great great efforts to try and be like Johnny was and when we're all together like I am playing with the kids I am doing stuff with the kids and I realize how much I love it and that, you know, but it's, it just, it makes you feel so present. And I was like, these kids need this. This is somebody that was in their life that would always we play probably and be need there. Too. How attached are we yeah. to technology and just not being in the moment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Exactly. So yeah, that has been really helpful for me. Um, a way for me to kind of cope with everything and mm-hmm. also be there for Lisa and Payan and Jessica and Charlie and even Remy is just, you know, being as present as possible and just playing I mean, trying to live the way Johnny would, you know, in those, in a sense. Yeah. Keeping his memory alive. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Should we go into mom fashion? Yeah. And <laughs> before we do, let's, Remind people, if you are loving us, the best way to show that love is by sharing us with your friends, your family, passing on that you listen to the show and subscribing to us, just passing on the word, helping us get the word out there. And you can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram as Mom Jeans and Minivans. And we are also on Twitter as Mom Jeans and the number one. Wait, did you say men? Mom jeans, men, and the number one. So <laughs> I was like, did you cut out? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I, it's been a while. I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> so it's mom jeans, men, and the number one. <laughs> yeah. 
And you can also find us, um, or not find us, but you can also contact us um, on email. And that is our that's our favorite. That's where we love to hear from people, whether they're telling us their stories, asking us questions. Mm-hmm. Um, that has just been like such a great outlet, I think, for us. So please, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. We are <laughs> momjeansandminivans at yahoo.com. Yes, we love those emails. <laughs> <laughs> and we also love mom fashions. Yes. So let's jump into those. I know. Hopefully these will be a little bit more uplifting to end the show. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uplift. I have two, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to save my one that I know, Trisha, you're going to be like, OMG, I will do that <laughs> for next week. Okay, can't wait. <laughs> so mine this week, we were at the beach this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we are still say full on potty training like Charlie still isn't doing BMs and the potty yet she's fully using the diaper and so I'm still feeling the oh gosh let's not have accidents oh I don't want to go to a public restroom I mean I did bring our portable potty with us Mm -hmm. to the beach but I was just like what do you do at the beach Um, who has not peed in the water so I was like, hey, Charlie, you got to go potty. And she was like, no. I was like, do you want to go in the sand? She's like, yes. <laughs> I was like, so we totally walked up to the water and just sat there right where the water meets the beach. <laughs> and I was like, just see here. You'll, you might get a little wet, but it's okay. Yep. And she's like I peed in the sand she went so quickly I swear she doesn't usually go that quick and I, I had to keep her from announcing it and then a little bit later she's like I want to go pee in the sand again and she started to try to go right by our pop-up tent where we we're building sand castles I'm like no 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 not here we gotta go down by the water <laughs> okay <laughs> so had some I seriously think, similar experiences oh I mean what parent probably hasn't done that but I'm like yeah I just I'm like I don't feel like put pulling out the portable potty i'm like screw it it's a beach day i don't care if she's peeing through her bathing suit whatever so oh my gosh but kudos to you for even bringing a portable potty (laughs) i didn't even think of that and i looked back at the bathroom and there was a line coming out of it and i was like no way not with covid Mm -hmm. not i just i can't uh i was like i can't you're gonna figure it out girlfriend you're gonna figure it out I don't care if you stand there and those waves will knock them over. So I'm like, uh, we'll just sit and act like nothing's (laughs) happening over here. Nothing to see. (laughs) Yep. I hear that. Yep. So that's my mom fashion. (laughs) I love it. My mom fashion. So Remy caught some kind of virus, I think with all these masks kind of coming off and germs finally flying around. She caught some kind of virus that just, it was pesky. It was like low grade temperature that came and went. So it was like barely sick, (laughs) but enough that she kind of woke up at night because that's, she kind of had like a post nasal drip. So then she'd start coughing and trying to get a Mm -hmm. toddler to sleep with their head raised a little bit. It's not the easiest. (laughs) So it was a lot of waking up in the nights and then coming into our bed. And she, uh, she is officially, officially potty trained to this in the sense that like she even goes to sleep with her underwear on now. She doesn't wear a diaper to bed anymore. Go girlfriend. Right. She's doing it. And 
uh, she came in the room and she was laying in the bed and she coughed. Now it happened a couple of times while she was sick. It's not like she would <laughs> cough and cough and cough and then get to the point of like gagging and throwing up. She'd mm-hmm. literally do one cough and then like throw up. And it was always clear and it was like no big deal, but it was so random. And it was like, whoa, where did that even come from? It's not like you were choked. Like it was so, it was so odd. So she's laying in the bed and she coughs and all of a sudden I hear it. And we all know we had a major throw up accident in the bed. Now, the odd thing is I'm wearing the same stinking tank top that she had vomited all over to bed. And I rarely wear this to bed. It just so happens I was wearing it. I was like, no, no, it's the shirt. So I quickly pull her up, you know, bring her into the bathroom so that she can puke or do whatever she needs to do. And I'm kneeling. I'm not kneeling behind her. I'm balancing behind her where I'm, I'm squatted down sitting on my heels, but I'm like on my toes. Does that make sense? Like, um, yes. 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 Okay. Um, so I'm just kind of like sitting on my heels while on my toes Mm -hmm. and my balance is not all that great these days, especially if I wake up fast and like start moving. It's like, wow, my whole body has not, you know, gotten its equilibrium yet. (laughs) So my balance hasn't been all that great. don't feel like my my body has time to figure out its equilibrium so I'm standing there behind her trying to like comfort her rub her back and I start to lose my balance so I put my hand my left hand down to catch myself kind of like you know like a like a tripod with all my fingers and all of a sudden my thumb just gives way and completely dislocates and it bends all the way back and hits my wrist and I'm on the ground I was like ah like yelled so Jason comes in Remy's like throwing up but looking behind her like what is happening I'm on the floor like trying to pick myself back up but like wondering if my thumb was like broken <laughs> jason You're comes in, in he's like what pain. is happening yeah i'm in excruciating seriously pain. i'd be like what is this hot mess going on in here <laughs> who do i help first remy or trisha like it was literally like a scene from a movie i swear like it was just That's like, like it sounds like a sitcom yeah yeah but it was just like uh, a day in the life of having toddlers i swear this is like the kind of thing that happens <laughs> If it's not her, it's me. <laughs> and did you put it back into place? So it luckily went right back into place. Right back but in. let me tell yes. you, okay. I mean, weeks and weeks later, my thumb is still kind of like throbs. Like I've been going for bike rides on the weekends with Remy and like it's throbbing by the time I'm done. I'm like, is this going to like oh, that's crazy get better? <laughs> I mean, I can use it fine. I never had to wrap it. You know, I iced it that night, but um, yeah, it's just sore. It's still just sore. And I'm like, well, I guess those ligaments did bend quite a bit to bend completely backwards onto my wrist. (laughs) Oh, my God. They formed a tripod. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my mom fashion. (laughs) I dislocated my thumb while trying to cover my daughter. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, sort of. Not quite yet. All right. Okay. Well, on those notes. Welcome back. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So much so we don't know if you've done that mom fashion before. I know. Uh, That's going to be crazy if I did. I'm going to be like, wow, Trisha, you really have to get your shit together. I mean, and I can't remember if it was was just us talking. So that is why we took a break because everything is a blur. Uh, So (laughs) we are slowly getting it together, kind of, sort (laughs) of. And if not, it was still a really good story to hear a second time if it was the second time. Oh, mom brain still. Yes. All right. Well, until next time. Until next time. (laughs) Ciao. Ciao.